This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over Westside, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for Westside niggas, nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match. Big crocodiles and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money. Yo, what up though? It's your man Jay Johnson, aka the 104 You Have Titan, aka the conspiracy realist. A.K.A. the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text me with your green bubbles. A.K.A. I only debate my equals. Everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice because all the hoes say J.U. Ice. Young Caesar because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? It's your man, Dane. Three underscores, three one three. The West Side Landlord, the pride of PA. High Chief, Dame, don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite dame. And the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. It's the Honorable Judge Boss Dame all rising this bitch. Yo, welcome back, Shop Talk Podcast, episode 343. On, on you, hoes. Yo, we back. We'll hit 350 by the end of the year. We'll hit 350. I don't know. That's like 15 weeks from now. You said 340 what? 343. Oh, oh, my bad. Oh, 43. You know, yeah, I'm thinking, 350. Uh, I'm thinking of time. Yeah. Like that's 15 more minutes to no, no, get three. to I, I got you. No, we should <laughs> hit 350 by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. That's about either by the end or beginning of next year. Yeah. Okay. We should do something for 350. Yeah. I'm I'm down we for it. We should do something. I got ideas. I'm down for it. Uh yo, man, how was your week, my brother? Week was good, man. Week was good. Shout out to people and their feelings this week. It's been a, Every week? <laughs> <laughs> this week in particular. Shout out to people that that hit me up and their feelings this week. Guess what? I don't get no fuck. I don't get no fuck. Yeah, man. Um, I don't get no fuck. One thing about feelings is they're only yours. <laughs> and they're not facts. Yeah, not facts. I had like two or three calls come in this week about people trying to tell me about their feelings concerning me, and guess what? Me thinks not shit. That's it. I'll be honest. Uh, the opinions of strangers mean nothing to me. Um, there's only a, there. There's a there's a small amount of people who I actually care how I appear or. If I've gone too far, if you're not like in that very small, yeah, I'm about to trust, say because there's like the opinions of even people that are close to me, but like like it'd certain, be a little. There's a certain amount of like, yo, nigga, you think you like some people could be like, yo, uh, you everything all right? You wilding? You you wilding? <laughs> and I and I and I, I would be like, oh, why, I wonder why they think that. And everything else is like, yo, mind your fucking business because you don't know. 
why I posted this or you don't you don't know what I know and you don't know what you don't know. Man, most people just don't know shit. <laughs> like your opinions are shit. Man, your opinions are fucking shit. It's funny that you say most people don't know shit. I just found this on Facebook uh, a couple minutes ago. You sir. Be a time when we had two groups of people. You have people who know shit and people who don't know shit. <laughs> and and back in the day, the people who didn't know shit respected the people who knew shit. <laughs> And you would be in a situation, it might be work or social situation, and the people who know shit would be talking about, well, I know some shit. Yeah, I know some shit. <laughs> Let's talk about shit we know. I know shit. And the people who don't know shit would kind of hang in the back. <laughs> and they'd be quiet, and you'd be like, well, why aren't you talking? Ah, I don't know shit. We don't, we don't got that type. We don't, we don't got that shit no more. No, we don't, because everybody know nothing. Not the people who don't know shit are the ones speaking very, very loudly about social media gave you too many niggas a voice. But guess what? If Twitter die, if Twitter die, here's a, here's a, here's a, here's an example of people who don't know shit. Twitter's not going nowhere. Nah, it ain't going to die. Can you believe a nigga asked, gave his company an ultimatum and said, Hey, we're going to work hard. We're going to put in some hours. And only the best is going to be acceptable. And everybody and quit. started quitting. A mass exodus. Imagine me buying a company who loses $4 million a day and want to actually make some money somewhile and turn to a profitable company and say, hey, we're going to switch this to an engineering focus. And no, my nigga, we want to get paid high salaries and we don't want to do a lot of work. How dare you try to, how dare you even ask for a buy-in for work? <laughs> what? And like he wanted to kill the uh, their form of virtual, you know, niggas need to listen. But I mean, if you're not you producing, you should probably be in the office. You work virtual, absolutely. I managed the team virtual for 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 a period of time. Listen, y'all niggas be lying. You is not more productive at work. I mean, at home, you know, you're not. I know I wasn't. That d- does that mean that I could not? Is it incapable of me of me? I was not, it's not incapable that I can be more productive. I know I wasn't. And I know you wasn't because I manage a team of people who work from home and I watched your computer. And I knew what you was doing and not doing the whole time. You look, lo- it's cap. Look, my nigga, I got, I got somebody that I have a direct line to. And we tell these niggas, you need childcare. You can't be around the house. You, you can't have your kids running around the house. And you talking to motherfuckers on the phone. I called this girl up because she did something wrong. What do I hear in her headset? A fucking baby. Like a newborn. And she's like, no, I just had to get them real quick. No, you didn't. Same shit. I can see your computer. I can tap into what you're doing all day. I can hear this little motherfucker in the background I know for the, six hours. I know the lies that you're giving about the system being down. Bitch, you unplugged the modem. Like, I know, I know. All, like, come on, man. We've been doing this for a moment. Like, we understand. And I, and that's the thing. I get it. I get it. Because you at home, there's just certain comforts 100%. that come along with being home. I miss working from home. And I'm not, I'm not even knocking the shit. I get it. I know I'm not going to get the same productivity that I get when you in the office. 
But like we got a rule at my job. Like once niggas start losing productivity, to bring your ass. You home. got to bring your ass into the office. I'll be honest. This is my biggest concern with working from home. Is the security of the information while you working from home? Like nothing. Because I don't know the motherfuckers in your house. I don't know if you taking your iPhone out and, and video recording all these accounts and private information. And you shouldn't want your private information when you calling your financial institution to be in somebody's living room. Yeah. Now, does that mean that just because you at work stuff can't get stole? But I bet you at the at work when your bank information, no one has their phone out recording your screen because you can't have your phone out at work. Now, is that like a zero sum possibility? Is a percent greater than zero that somebody's gonna do some crazy shit at work? But at home, your boyfriend, the scammer, is looking at everything or listening to you giving. Oh, you're not lo- you're not locking your computer when you get up to go get something to drink. You know you're not. Or you saying, hey, and what was the last four years social four two four two out loud? And they t- like, come on, my like my your personal information is not safe. When that person who was looking at it is in their bedroom. That's a fact. Your your personal information is as safe as that nigga wanted to be. Yeah. Like, how do you control that? Twitter. <laughs> how do you control all this sensitive information? Banking information, state of it, like whatever it is. You how know, do you control that when it's in somebody's living room? I saw niggas giving trying to get Elon Musk here. Like, oh, he didn't took y'all eight dollars and ran off. No, then. Again, he's trying to make his new purchase where I don't lose $4 million a day. I want to make money. Twitter should be making money. I gave him $8. I mean, it's a lot of niggas that gave up their $8. That's not a big deal. But I when get it, to edit my tweet for 30 minutes. It asked me, you, are you sure you want to send this out before I hit send? I got the little blue shit. It's a whole bunch of... It's a Like, if you use the shit... <laughs> It's eight bucks. All, all, all I'm saying is, like, if I if I bought something and took it home, and every day, even if I didn't do shit to it, it dropped in value. Just every single day, just sitting there, I made a bad purchase. They were over. They, just me making payroll, I'm taking a loss every year, every day. It's making payroll. I need to do something different to stop the bleeding. Guess who else did layoffs? Facebook. Every, like all the tech companies that we'll be at, this did layoffs. Why y'all only talking talk about one? Because it's Elon Musk and people want to paint him out to be some evil giant. Now, guess what? I'm like not a super duper fan of Elon Musk. I don't know the man, right? Right. But I do know that two of his other companies are two of the most profitable in the world. So if I'm going to give a nigga a benefit of the doubt, if he know how to run a business, it's one who runs Tesla, which is one of the top five profitable companies in the world. One SpaceX who just jumped up and do like fam. I think he either smart enough to run it himself or surround himself with people who can run it. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that two weeks later, the, the, the business isn't up 50 million a day. Like it's been two weeks, my G and I'm trying to get, Y'all the ones who run the shit into the ground. Why you think you're going to be the one to fix it? You're going to do the exact same thing that you always done and you don't expect a different result? People got a fake definition for that. It's called insanity. You know what I'm saying? It's called fucking insanity. But like, they may, this is some white people shit. Because ain't shit changing my Twitter timeline. 
No, black, black Twitter, Twitter is black Twitter. A, and they having a field day with Twitter dying. That, that, tw- Elon ain't did shit that impacted my life on Twitter, okay? People like, we got to... People hate billionaires. People hate people with money. You feel me? Because but everybody wants to be a person with money. With a lot of money. It's crazy. It's crazy. And like, you will be a victim. Somehow, let me find a way for make it seem like Elon is oppressing me somehow. Because he, he asked me to do work. I mean, anytime, like, I just being honest, we both have been in like leadership roles in our nine to fives for like over a decade. Yeah, 15 years. And anytime you ask a nigga to do their job, just do their job, my nigga, they act like you pulling fucking teeth. 100%. It's literally pulling I'm, I'm, teeth. I'm not asking you to do nothing over and above. I'm asking you to do the bare ass minimum. Man, can you put your phone away? Can you take your earbuds out while, you, while, while you're at work? Fuck, like, like you could go to fuck home, cause like what's so, it's so it's so hard leading people because you got to deal with their emotions and their emotional state. Like if I just told you what it was, my nigga, you getting paid to be here. I that person yelling and screaming at me or something. something. I don't I don't get paid for that. Don't you literally get paid to be nice. You you get you paid. literally get paid to do that shit. Now if we was in a social setting, not at work. And somebody was speaking to you not how you wanted to be, you don't have to take it. But when someone is literally paying you money to deal with this situation, this is matter of fact, if this wasn't happening, we would have no reason for your job. People who mad come see you and you mad that they mad. That's they that's your job, my nigga. But don't be mad about that check you deposit every other week. You can't, your f- you can't tell people to do what was what is expected of them. And I don't want to even sound like I'm not like I'm a cool fucking supervisor. Like for the most part, I don't really give too much of a fuck about what you do. I don't. But what you're not going to do is assume this going to sound wild. You're not going to assume that you're smarter than me and that somehow what you're doing is going unnoticed. I'm letting you rock. But don't don't insult me. You feel me? Like, don't insult me. If we if I'm gonna be cool all the time, but if I ask you to do something, or so we used to work um for a leader, RB. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And she, because she was a black woman in leadership, she took on everything. Even to not even to her debt. Like she took on everything. Right. When one of them execs said, You can't do this or we need this, she would Yep, we'll do this and we'll do that. Like, God damn. But she was so cool and gave you so much love and respect. When Niggas we, would walk to the edge of the cliff for her. I'm saying when she asks you to do something for her, fuck it. We're going to work overtime this month. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do this. She didn't promise some extra shit. That, that's not normal, but we're going to do it for her. You know what I'm saying? And that's the kind of thing I like to, you know what I'm saying? But if I can't call on you to do your job. Man, what, what are we doing here? So, so look at my job. We got two options. Say you say your production drops. I can do one of two things. I can send you to the office, and you can work out of the office for ninety days, or I can suspend you. And then you don't get. You can't use your PTO. The union can't save you. Now you just don't get no money for three months. No money. Now you still keep your job, and in ninety days you can come back. But you don't get no dough. 
And you gonna work two weeks in a hole because <laughs> you ain't got nothing back in. And, and niggas be and niggas be acting like I didn't send people to the office and they be acting like they going to die. And I just put that I just put that proposition out there. Cool. I understand that you know your kids are at home even though they shouldn't be. You know even though you signed some shit that said they wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know you're taking your lunch at 3 o'clock every day to do what? Pick up little Tomashian and the rest of them demons. Somebody's son out there name is Tomashian. I know a nigga named Tomashian <laughs> to pick up the rest of them demons, but I don't say shit. I know you're coming back late from... This is this what you do. You stop taking calls about 10 minutes before you're finna go to lunch. I know you already left. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I you, forgot to punch back in. Every fucking day. <laughs> so I know you're doing some shit every day. And like you say, I let you rock. I let, I let you, you slide. Because, nigga, I, 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 I had it. Look, my daughter called me at 3.30 to talk about, Dad, I need you to pick me up from school at 4 o'clock. Baby girl, I'm in, the, like, I'm in the midst of my day. I don't get off till 6. You know what I'm saying? Now, I figure something out. I always figure it out. I make it work. But I, I know everybody else is doing that shit. So what I do, I let you rock. But, like, nigga... Now I done let you rock so long you done rocked off the cliff. Man, I remember when I was uh first started working for that company and shit, and uh we found some little fun. It's a call center at the time. So like you find some shit some Everybody loopholes. does something right. dirty. Everybody. And I showed a nigga, you know, what I was doing to give myself a little reprieve. That nigga blew that shit up, did it over and over. That nigga got fired for some shit I showed him. Like, my nigga, everybody take you to go crazy. Did he snatch on you when you got fired? I socked that nigga in the head. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you look at a report. Anything you do it's at work can report. Like, what? Your time checking your, it was checking your voicemail message. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not, you know, spend a couple minutes, leave somebody, leave a five minute minute. Oh, he was spent seven minutes checking voicemails on a Tuesday. Okay. Nigga, you got three hours every day of checking voicemail messages and shit. Like, what are you doing, my nigga? Like, this is supposed to be like a, a hot second so you can take a phone call or. It's always a nigga pushing some shit to the limit. Like, it's always you, one of them niggas. I'm just trying to go to get some ice from the vending machine or some shit like that. I, f I fired three people like that one time. Like, I caught one of them, like, doing some bullshit. Nigga, they snitched on the other two. Like, they doing it too. Man, this was like. I don't know, oh two, oh three ish. No, what? Oh, this must be like oh. Kanye was out. Kanye was just coming out. So oh three, oh four. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm like, damn, my nigga, like you older than me. <laughs> like you, you an adult. Like, you know what's crazy about work, and I see these memes about it from time to time. Like literally, if we didn't work here with certain people, like why would I ever speak to you out in the streets? Why would I? Why am I cool with a 50 year old white man named John? Because we both Lions fans. That's it. If I saw John at Kroger, I would walk past his motherfucker and wouldn't think twice. But sometimes that'd be the beauty of things, though, uh, is that uh, because of shared situations, you, you, you place next to somebody. And for the most part, I think people got more in common than they got and got di have differences. And you can connect on some Lions fan shit. Yeah. And now y'all the best of friends and shit. Yo, we, we, all of our conversations were guard around Lions. We hook up. We go to the fucking the Lions game. We don't talk about talk about race, the wife, religion, the, the positive. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The little little surface shit. And like you know, that be the beauty of it. Like when I was 18, I got a gig working midnights at a at a UPS, right? Mm -hmm. And I always felt like this one of these 
all my jobs kind of grew me up and and kind of grew me into one one of the people that I am right now. Okay. But like I was in there packing boxes with somebody different every night. It could be a grown man, it could be a woman, it can be a young dude, some thug nigga. Like and you just forced to sit there and talk to somebody or be silent for eight hours. But you always like a talking. weirdo. Yeah. And you I, I just I end up learning just so much just talking to people because That's probably how I learned to talk to women. Mm. Because mm. like we would get thrown in like a, a cornucopia of women, That's young, okay. old, man, pretty, not pretty. Man, my first quote unquote older woman I I, I was kind of talking to uh, was from there. Well, from at, at FedEx. No, I'm sorry, at UPS. Short hair, like a little. She had a fade, a red fade. Okay, I had never seen no shit like that. <laughs> like, yo, this woman. This is an adult adult. Yeah, and she was kicking it with a married man, right? And uh, the the wife of the married man came and shot her house up, nigga. Wow. Walked up and shot her house. Like, so this was like my homegirl. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then she was always flirt because I was like 18. So then she may have been like 23 or some shit like that. Uh, so it was always flirting and all the other shit. And then we get a little older. Then I end up going over there and shit. And you know, you know, yeah. I'm like, yo, this a woman. <laughs> but like, and for real though, because you, you, at eighteen, a twenty-three year old is a grown woman. Yeah. She living a completely different life. Yeah, she ain't lived at home in a few years. What's so crazy is, nigga, she probably could have been like twenty. But in my brain, this bitch is a woman. Like, it's a woman to me. <laughs> yeah. And thank, uh, thank God for that one job. Because I let me tell you something. There's a lot of beautiful women that uh, we encountered. Yeah. In that in that call center. Yeah. God bless all of y'all. <sighs> so listen, man. So look, uh, what was it yesterday? So yesterday, uh, I think I was off yesterday. So my dog, he woke up. He wanted to go outside like at five thirty in the morning and shit. So I'm like, fuck. He starts. Yeah, I'm walking really fast in a circle and going back and forth. I'm like, all right, you know, all right. Take him out. It's either you take him out or you clean it up. Yeah. So I go take him outside, use the bathroom, pick him in, eat and everything. So I, I'm like, look, it's my off day. I don't. I'm about to leave you outside. I'll give you at least two hours of outside time and shit. Take him outside. I get a phone call about seven thirty and shit. So I'm talking on the phone and shit. Early as fuck, by the right. way. Uh, so it was about eight o'clock. I'm like, let me go get this fucking dog and shit. Cause by the time I left him out there, it was about six o'clock, six o eight or some shit like that. But I'm like, all right, it's it's almost two hours. So let me go out there. I go out in the backyard and shit. I open it. I open the door. Cause you open the door. Yeah, come on in. in. When I opened the door, I looked up and I seen the fence was knocked over. This nigga out. And I looked around like, like yo. So I walked from the backyard to the front yard. I'm like. I'm just looking around. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. It's just real quiet. I'm like, yo, what? Sometimes fuck? you can hear him moving. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And hey, he nowhere. I don't know where he at. And it's been two hours, <laughs> right? So I'm like, damn, I knew it was too quiet. So ran in the house, put some pants on, <laughs> uh, put some shoes on, got in the garage, opened the garage door and shit. Because I'm like, where I walk him, it's a. We walk like three miles. You know what I'm saying? Like we. He, I'm like, he can be fucking anywhere. Yeah. So I get in the motherfucking car, hit the fucking uh, button to raise the garage door up. The garage door come up. This nigga run in the garage and go to the door. I'm like. 
What my nigga, you? you know what I'm saying? Because you just wasn't out here. Like, yeah. you literally, we just wasn't out there. So I went and checked the cameras and shit. Yo, that fucking gate fell so long ago, nigga. He was just in At first, he never left. That nigga was just in the backyard. He looked at the gate like, yo, this shit kind of wild. Uh, <laughs> and and then I guess he went out. Then I checked the cameras, like, in the front of the house. Because I, I just look at the back camera to try to give a a, a time frame of, like, when it would have failed. Because I'm like, I got to know. How long you been yeah. gone? Because ain't no telling where you could be at. But um, the nigga just did not go nowhere. He I don't know where he was at when I walked in the front. But he heard that garage door open and, and ran straight to there. Man. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I would have did if, if something happened to your dog. Yeah, it's like your child. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't get that heart drop feeling though, because I for something about like most recently, I just figured everything gonna work out. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Because That's probably a good way to look at things. Everything has always worked out, and even when things look, I don't, I don't really know how I'm gonna make this work. Fuck it, I make it work. I mean, whatever. You just option, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So when you're a man, you just gotta be a problem solver. You got I, consistently consi- every day. When you are alive, your job as a human is to continually solve problems. But but the I number got, one problem that you got to solve every day. I'm gonna eat. I have to drink something and I got to eat something every single day. If you don't eat or drink every day or consistently, you're gonna die. So whatever you do, I got to make sure I eat and drink for forty years. <laughs> Two people fucked in the 80s, and now I got to look for food every day. Yeah, that's how I think about it. Like, my parents definitely fucked around Valentine's Day in 81, because I came nine months later in November. Hold on, let me see. It was definitely around Valentine's Day. And now because of it, like you said, I got to figure out life every fucking day, and they gone. My daughter asked me the other day, just like real plainly, she's like, why you be acting like that? Like, not for anything in specific. She was like, just why you be acting like that? I said, because I don't have nobody to fall back on. You understand? Nobody. I can't ask your mama for money. I can't ask nobody for something. I don't got no if, faith in that. If shit fall back in my life. But two things I can guarantee. If shit goes good, I get to deal with it. If shit goes bad, I still got to deal with it. So because of those factors... I act I, like this. Yeah, I deal with it. I'm really like this. Yeah, I deal with it. Yeah. I wonder when you think your kids gonna get it. My son that's about to be 20 is starting to see that, like, because we, I never forget, we had an argument a couple years ago, and he felt a way about how I handled the situation concerning him and his brother, and he was like, "When I have a son, I ain't never gonna act like that." I said, "Do tell." Tell me how you going to act with you and your imaginary sons. <laughs> and he gave me a whole laundry list of how he felt he would deal with situations when he got a son or an ex-wife and all that. I said, good. Make a mental note of that, son. So now that he. Tattoo it on your arm. Yeah. So now that he getting older and is dealing with a teaspoon of adult shit because he still, you know, I still got to pay the Nick phone bill every now and again. He still need help but he had a situation where he had to deal with a teaspoon of adult shit and he was calling his mama she wasn't answering i wasn't available when his call came in so now you have to deal with it what you gonna do son and i understand how grown you think you are but like nigga you don't the nigga don't even really know his social security number that well so like now he was in a situation where he had to deal with it now i followed up with him 
and he kind of gave me the rundown of what he was going through. So what you do? You know, he gave me his. I said, all right, I see the logic in that. That makes you comfortable with that decision. And he was like, it's been made. I said, and that's how the fuck life works. You make the best decision you can can at the time. And you deal with the consequences. But what, I, else you, what else but, can you do? But I understand, like, you know, I don't, I don't make light of it, but, like, you're going to be college educated. I don't have a four-year degree. You know, I understand in your mind you got shit mapped out how your life's going to go and how it's going to work. And at 19, I had a map of how I thought shit was going to work out in life, too. But that motherfucker got a lot of detours, a lot of dents. You know, they doing construction <laughs> six hours into the trip. Like, shit change up a lot. So, while he was being real judgmental at 16, 17, you see how the fuck life is just not fair for nobody at 19 going on 20. Man, I, I, I still see stuff, like, to this day. I'd be like, damn. I see what my mom and my dad did did a particular thing. He always hear those things, like, you understand when you're old. Like, if oh. you're blessed to get that Because sometimes you may never understand Because you didn't take the lesson And things ended up quickly for you My dad used to have a saying that I don't do what's popular I do what's right for this family He said ain't nobody gotta like the shit But I, I'm gonna do what's right for this family Every single time mm. And I understand that shit And I know for me I didn't realize my dad was like A real person Until <laughs> I was like 27 going through my divorce or going through my separation. <coughs> Excuse me. Going through my initial separation. And me and him had, we went out to lunch and we had like a long conversation. And like at the end of the conversation, like this whole Superman facade, not that I didn't still have a, you know, respect for my father, but I was just like, yo, at my age, he was he was just having me. You know what I'm saying? Him, him and my mom was just getting married. He was just happy. Well, they had been married like a year or two, but he was just having me. At his age, I got three kids and I'm getting divorced. Like, literally, he was just trying to figure out life. We at the same age in life. And while mine is changing considerably, yeah. so was his. And he was just doing the best he could to figure that shit out. Yeah. And I saw, like, after we had that talk, I was like, yo, he was just a regular, like, he didn't have all this shit figured out. He was just a regular person trying to figure shit out. Yeah. And I do think we put a lot of pressure on our parents because they seem so old, so much older and so much wiser. Um, when I look back at certain things, like, nigga, my parents was like 34 at the time. Yeah. Like, Which ain't old. I younger than me now. Like, I'm going to them for, like, eternal life advice? Are you ready at 34 years old to give? Fuck no. Like, so it's just so, so wild. Uh, you know, I was, uh, shout out to my nigga Fonzo. His birthday was this Shout week. out to Fonzo, man. I saw his birthday. He joined the 40 Club. He joined the 40 Club. But uh, him and Vanessa, Vanessa's son, I did, like, their college, going, his going away pictures. Not going away, but... Uh, it's college spit photos and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. right? So we driving and shit. He was like, uh, like, you got any advice for me? And I'm like, you know, uh, impart some wisdom, you know what I'm saying, on him or whatever. But I be thinking like, yo. And it hit me like, you know, I got to tell him something real, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he about to go to college. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, I know this going to sound wild, but like, don't go out there and get nobody pregnant. 
I don't sugarcoat shit with my kids because I understand that like life ain't finna be sugarcoated. If they ask me real shit, I give them real unfiltered answers. Yeah. And that pregnancy shit. So- and like, look, I know you about to be on a college campus. You've been, you're going to have some freedom. This campus, you're going to, a, you're going to a HBCU. Ain't nothing about your life growing up has been HBCU, all right? Like, it's going to be some fine-ass girls there. Some some shit you ain't never seen before. And people going to be doing drugs. Like, legit. Hard drugs. Yeah. Not just weed. <laughs> Coke. So, I, uh, I was talking to Vanessa. I was like, so what's up? How the hell? He like, I'm like... He a whole different man. I'm like, he probably got... I'm like, this nigga going to come back with some tattoos <laughs> and like... He said, he said he do want to get a tattoo or some shit, but he had an HBCU and that's, it's a, it's a, he said he didn't, it's a culture shock. You know, you black, you ain't been around black people your whole life. But I, I just thought to myself, like, uh, like people look at, even listening to the pod, you know what I'm saying? People expect certain wisdom or I don't know what to call it, but we unks to a lot of people. Yo, shout out to my nigga Sean Terrible. I literally be freestyling this life shit every <laughs> single day. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do or how I'm going to handle shit. Every single day I be freestyling this shit. And you made a good point. Like, to to young niggas that I, younger niggas that I know, they be looking for me to like, yo, what should I do in situations? And while I don't want to give them, you know, I try and give them sound advice, Nick, I'm still trying to figure some of this shit out too. What I also realize, it makes me cognizant of when somebody does come or ask something like that, I make sure I don't give them no bullshit answers. Yeah. That's how, cause like, if you take, nigga, fuck as many holes as you can, <laughs> like you may be joking, but somebody looking at you and thinking that's how I'm supposed to, this is how a man acts. Like you can't really be playing with people like that. Fucking a bunch of bitches is probably the worst advice it, I've ever little. gotten in my life. Hands down, some of the worst advice. And I do not tell that shit to my son. When he was going on college campus and asking like about women and shit, son, find one with a brain that you like. Find somebody that can help you build your dynasty. You don't need four or five of them. Find one that you like. Man. One. Shit, now she may not be the one. You know, all of them ain't got to be your wife. But find one that you like and spend time with the one. Uh, it's so funny. You know, when we when I first got into leadership, I was the youngest black. I was the young black dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, young man in his 20s leading teams and stuff like that. And when I see people come around and now people who report to me, they be young and shit. And they be just so in love. And I be thinking, I be like, how old is you? <laughs> son Son how? <laughs> Or a young lady Like My nigga You about to have Three more levels of your life Before you 30 Like you gonna swear This is the one Like This is the one one Like yeah. This is one A <laughs> This is This is the one For first quarter Of 2023 But by time The snow melt You'll feel differently Yeah And that's what I, You know You was talking about That don't get pregnant shit and I'm not going to put my baby business out here because I know sometimes he'd be listening to the show. You know, he keeping company with a with a young lady. And I'm just like, look, bro, I'm not asking you what you're doing because it's not my business. I don't even need to know. 
But what I do know is that I need you to bring me home a degree before you can bring me home a grandbaby. Because guess what? I can't help you. I can't help you. Now, listen. On the internet, there's no condom shit. It's funny. It's a it's like a running joke. And sex does feel better with no condom. But we got to be careful with all these jokes. You know what feels better? Keeping your whole fucking check. You know what feels better? Not burning. Because STDs is STI... Well, STDs. They rebranded it. It's STIs now. That shit is STD fresh hole. Okay. Shit they is, rebranded it. Shit isn't a disease. Okay. But what I'm saying is like, yo, niggas be online and joking and no pull out. Da, da, da. Like, yo, no pull out gang and you, guess what's going to happen? The no pull out gang and the no condoms going to end up in the dead. Coming ball. from a nigga that's caught something. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> it's not fun. It's really not. It's going to end up in a dead baby, though. For no reason. Because that's what is going to end up happening. You're going to get an abortion. Your young ass going to go out there fucking without a condom and being cool and all other shit. And you're going to have a baby that you're not ready for and the other person ain't ready for. And they are going to kill the baby because y'all not ready for it. Well, I thought we was just talking STDs. You took a but, you took a little bit of a left. You're an 18-year-old kid who was living at home with your parents and in high school. And now you out there in the real world. You know you're not. You know you can't take care of nobody. If they would have gave me a baby at 18, nigga, what? My son has said some shit. He's like, I don't live at home. I said, yeah, you do. Okay? Because when you get mail, where the fuck it come to? Not your, not your dorm that. room. That's what I'm saying. When... When we trying we trying to put some insurance on your car and they want to know what what address you use for your license, it ain't your dorm room. Well, nigga, you don't live at the dorm. Nigga, you just there for a couple months. That's it. <laughs> and once the school year is over, you well, semester over, you bring your ass back home. I was I was like, hey, uh, you know the holiday coming up. What you gonna do? He's like, what you mean? I said, what you gonna do? You gonna stay down on campus or you coming home? I'm, I'm coming home. Oh, I thought home was campus. <laughs> I thought home was campus. No, no, I gotta, I gotta eat and wash clothes. Oh, see you next week, my nigga. <laughs> see you next week. Man, should be wild. All right, look, man. A couple things going went around the uh, the internets, and I thought it'd be interesting if we gave our uh, our opinions on it. Like only we can. Uh, this is a wild fucking story. I'm going to say that. And this is some dame shit, but it's a young lady telling this story. Okay. I, I, I think I heard the story. So, but go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm on the highway. I did one little two. Within three minutes, I knew someone gave me fentanyl. So I'm like, let me get off the freeway. I hit the back of a semi truck. I wake up 36 hours later. The first thing that pops into my mind is where's my phone? Because I had a fresh pick, a newly fresh Pick in there. That's Cheating. some crazy shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody gave you fentanyl. <laughs> you thinking about your phone? Yes, because I knew what the fuck was in it. I know you was oh, mad yeah. as hell in that coma. Like, fuck, I can't wait to. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's sitting there in a chair. This looking at me. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. He's talking about some. So you know we're gonna need to talk about what I saw in your phone, right? That's crazy. Did he ask how you were doing? So as soon as they took the tube out of my throat, right? This is what I sound like. So he's trying to talk to me, talk to me. My blood pressure going up, the machine's going off. Nurses have to run in the room. So then he finally stops. So they had to give me surgery to put my arm back in the side. Why did this cancel my health insurance? Oh my 
I ain't gonna lie. This whole thing your fault. <laughs> So I'm on the highway. I did one little two within that three minutes. I knew, man. <laughs> so, 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 point out the facts that you th- feel like this is a Dame story. Oh, this whole situation is Dame. Story. <laughs> like, like that that woman could be you, okay? And that would be probably all minus the fence and all. And I mean, you could have been some fresh ass nudes. You always talking about you want to do a line of coke. Uh, three seconds later, you know. Oh, that shit was fitting off. <laughs> like, I, I wonder how you know that quick. Because you about to, you feel death, motherfucker. <laughs> like I thought this shit was supposed to be euphoria. This shit feel like. <laughs> Yo, shout out to her husband. That nigga took Petty to a whole nother level. I don't know how long she was in that coma, but for that nigga that- to cancel her, cancel her insurance. Yeah, like thirty six hours to look through your phone. I've seen everything. I've I've read every text message. So look, my nigga. Not that I want to, but, but once like you, once you there, you there. Because like you worry about your wife, you know what I'm saying, and getting her phone, everything like that. You I wonder what happened. You know what I'm saying? Where was she coming from? Or you just got the phone and Richard keep texting. Who the fuck is Richard? Look, my nigga. And once you see a dick pic, oh, you going exploring? I don't I don't go through phones no more because I didn't got I didn't had my heart broken. <laughs> Two pieces, two pieces <laughs> by a woman that I thought the world of. Yeah, man. Heartbroken two pieces because I had a hunch about something. I, I went right and I went through her phone and I knew she couldn't. She, she like left. She left me at her place. I was asleep. She woke up, went to work. Hey, you can just stay here. I love to have you here when I got home. Cool. And I ain't got shit to do. So I stayed at her place, you know, Wi-Fi banging, cable channels jumping. And then I notice her phone's in the bed, unlocked, fully charged. And I could not. Couldn't resist it. Like, I you could go look for it. Help right? myself. Because my it's right there. It's like you putting. It's like. Jason Johnson. I went through her Facebook, <laughs> her Twitter, her Facebook messenger, her Twitter DMs. <laughs> Her email and her messages. Like, like if you just at the crib and she goes into the shower and the phone there, I'm leaving the shit alone. But if you there for six hours with that phone right there in front of you, nigga, eight, this is eight hours, and I know, I know she's not coming home early. Mm. I went through. I spent the entire day. Going ooh, through her phone. Ooh. When she came home, nigga, I could barely hold back the tears. <laughs> okay? I was devastated. How'd you stay? Huh? How'd you stay? I couldn't put it. It's like watching a car crash. I couldn't put it down. You know what I'm saying, why'd you stay at the house? Why didn't you leave? Because, uh, so I was, I was going through a battle. Do you say something? Do I, do I say something or do I let it go? Do I say something or do I let it go? And all day, I'm like, nah, I'm just going, I'm just going to chill. But nigga, the emotions are running so high in you, like you can't, you can't keep it in. Like as soon as she walked in, she knew some shit was off. Cause I'm sitting there looking crazy in the middle of the bed and the phone and the phone right there. How was your day? <laughs> How was your day? <laughs> so she saw me looking, looking crazy. Sweating probably, and then she see the phone in the bed. I mean, she knew she left her phone, right? Absolutely. 
she knew she left her phone. She called me from somebody else's phone trying to see, like, was I still at the place? Was I still at her house? Yeah, I'm here. I took a shower, took a nap, made something to eat. Had a nightmare. <laughs> Went back through the phone again. Nigga started confirming shit, matching up timelines. Oh, this is why I couldn't get in touch with you this day. This this who you this where you was at, this who you was with. Hurtful. So now she like, so so what you what you want to talk about? Oh, bitch. I have notes. I would like to talk about <laughs> I was talking about Randy. I would like to start off Rudolph. I would like to talk about Edward. I would like to talk about Richard. <laughs> I would like to talk about a lot of different shit. So basically, after I got through huffing and puffing and giving my shit out the way, she was like, do you want to leave your phone here for eight hours? Unlocked? No, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. I would like, like to go. I've had eight hours to clean my shit up. Yes, you can have it. Okay. How about that? Yeah. There's nothing in that motherfucker. Nigga, I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even think the conversation would go that way. Yeah. But no, I don't want to leave my phone here. As a matter of fact, I'm going home. So, this is my question. Devastated. If you cheating, right? Mm-hmm. Why keep the messages? I think that's ego. Because you want to, like... You probably want to look back and, like, look how... Yeah. Look how I had literally, Like, oh, look at these... Because this motherfucker talking about she can't wait to see me. Like, because in real life, there's no reason to keep that message. Male or female. And then as an adult, I also think there's a certain level of privacy that you should be afforded. That's a fact. And because you should be afforded this certain level of privacy, I don't have to go erase the shit in my phone because it should be private. Yeah, but if I'm cheating and I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be, it, like, we know what happens. Like, yeah. This should not be in your phone. But you still. also don't think that you're going to hit the back of a semi truck and be in a coma for 36 hours. That's a fact. Now, you may not delete that shit immediately, but, like, why do you have this long-ass thread with this woman that you're not supposed to be with in your phone that's in the same house that your wife lives and sleeps in? Like, that's just playing too much. Or male or female. We men, so I'm saying wife. But, like, delete that shit. Nigga, I thought my phone was safe until I woke up in the middle of the night with my phone screen in my face and my daughter trying to open up my phone to get something <laughs> oh trying to do the little yeah it's like the face unlock <laughs> that's funny what the fuck are you doing <laughs> your daughter yes <laughs> oh, so shit. i'm like if if i'm sleeping hard enough for her to do it yeah. i know if i'm sleeping next to a woman what's gonna stop her from doing the shit yeah because nigga after i take my blood pressure meds and all of that shit i'm in a coma i'm in a coma and what's gonna stop some woman from being like that nah, is open <sighs> Or touching your thumb. <laughs> yeah, the old iPhones, you had to touch that thumb. Yeah. Yeah, that shit, wow. Uh, in a situation like that, uh, you canceling the, the health insurance? Oh, that's a... Now... It's 36 hours, nigga. The 24-hour period is... Go Everything is done. No, it's over with. <laughs> it's over with. Now, I have tried. When, when me and my ex-wife was going through something, I definitely tried to cancel it. Her insurance, because I was just being a. I told uh, you this was the Dame story. You on both sides of that. <laughs> I was just being a whole ass nigga. But the insurance company told me until we get a decree of divorce, she she just on here, homie. She just on here. So I wonder what state they're in where they were able to pull that off. Man, I was doing my benefits today because open a room. Yeah, and it was a spouse domestic partner shit on there. I'm like, can I use a domestic partner? You can. 
I don't have a domestic partner, but like I don't think that shit should be reserved strictly for the gays. Like if me and this so, person, so not my married, job is is not is not just for same sex relationships. If you're not married, now you all have to be living together for like a certain amount this. of time. No, and and our job requests to see like their name on like a lease or something. But like why? I mean, nigga, I get, I guess I. But like, why does it? Why is that important to you, my nigga? I'm paying the the premium. If nigga, this is who I say I wanted to go to. Send it to that motherfucker. Look, nigga, that's just their rules. Whatever. Yeah. But like, I think that should be because in real life, this marriage shit is unneeded. Not two people being together forever, but like, I don't need y'all contract. Something happened to me. Get the money to her. Yeah. Why do I got to be married for you to get the money? I mean, they. I don't have to be married. If I list you as my beneficiary, that's it. And something happens, they gonna you the one that's gonna get the check. And like for benefits and shit like that, I think that's what it was. Like for medical benefits, you can get your medical, but you can have add your meta, uh your life partner or domestic. It said domestic slash life partner and blah blah blah. I'm like, well, nigga, this is who I'm with right now, so she getting benefits too. Yeah. Because. I mean, ain't like marriage is forever. No, but after that twenty-four hour period, she don't have nothing. So that surgery that might have been a fifty-dollar copay is now fourteen thousand dollars. That shit is her fault, bitch. You not only is you cheating, you doing drugs. <laughs> like bitch, you doing hard drugs. You doing hard drugs. Like you are unsafe. Yeah. Like you bringing all type of shit back to home to me. That is that is probably a lot. Like something like, I could have done in my life. Like. It's over between me and you, though. Because, like, all right, cheating is one thing. You sniffing coke, and you getting, you snuff some fentanyl. Like, bitch, you don't even, you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what they stepping on is coke with. Like, you bringing way too much shit back to me, dog. Possibly. I don't, between I don't, the drug uses and cheating, you Magic Johnson. You're Magic fucking Johnson. No, I'm never. I'm, you can't come back home. I mean, you don't live here no more. Like you gonna come? You better. You gonna have to rehab somewhere else. You gonna have to rehab at the shelter. Go to your mama house. Go to your pusher house. <laughs> oh, no, go to go to Randy's house. Because you don't have no insurance, so you can't go to a rehab facility. Mm. I don't know, but uh, you gotta go to your to, mama house. You have to figure that shit out in another place. That's that's a crazy story. Shout out to him for canceling that insurance quick, fast, and in a hurry. That nigga seen that phone and he's like, "Oh, I'm done with this bitch today, immediate today." Bye, bitch. All right, listen. Uh, this is a one of them little choose ones. Okay. All right. You can choose only one. Now, don't give me a quick answer. I want you to think about this. Okay. All right. Which door will you open? Door number one, you find your soulmate. Okay. Door number two, there's $70 million. Door number three, there's a time machine. So from your soulmate to $70 million to a time machine, which door do you open? Now, before we actually pick, let's talk about some of these, right? Okay. Cause like the soulmate, it seems sad. it seems like superficial or some shit like that. But that shit is so finding your person, man. The one God ordained and made for you, man. Like it really don't matter the situation we in. Cause like I got this person, this mine, yeah, forever. Number two, 
the 70 million dollars could just totally change your situation, your life, your family's life, your generations, generations, yes, life and everything like that. Um, and number three, a time machine. Like if I can go back and experience people who are not here any longer or change that, like give me 15 more years with my mom, give me such and such. Like these three questions, I, or I could go back and invent Google before there was Google. Yeah. Now here go the downsides of some of these. As my microphone falls. Right. (laughs) Uh, Number three say time machine. But what if the time machine don't work right? <laughs> like you fuck around, get stuck. You go back in, you go back in time to a time that the time machine wasn't even invented yet. I don't want to be stuck st- there. I don't want to be stuck in Jim Crow. Yeah, you feel me? I like, don't want to be stuck in slavery. That fu- that 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 time machine shit could be it could be wild. Yeah, right? yeah. You can find your soulmate, but how long is your soulmate gonna be there? Yeah, you know, you give up the seventy million in the time machine. You with your soulmate for a week. But is a is a week of true, unadulterated, real love for sure. But I'm, I'm gonna take the seventy million for over a week. The more I, th- I was, I was really leaning towards the soulmate thing. Yeah. In all honesty, but or, th- or you get seventy million, right? Then we take half of that shit in taxes, and then the rest of your family they want your money. Give me two hundred thousand. <laughs> Everybody in your family. I would give it. you two hundred thousand, Jason. I would give you two hundred thousand. I do not think you would give your whole everybody two hundred thousand. No, I never said I would give everybody two hundred thousand. The list of niggas I'm giving money to is about as short <laughs> as my patience. Okay. Yeah. But you are like you're my brother. I would yeah. give you some. I give you. You want a house? Fine. I'll buy you a house and a car. Yeah, for sure. This honestly, this is this is this is the real thing I always talked about. What I would do is I would buy a subdivision, like all the houses in the subdivision. Is that if you want me to buy your house, the family? Because I would want my family to be in this one spot, be in a gated community. Yeah, enough distance because you in your own house, y'all ain't got to kick it with each other. But that little, um, the little complex house yeah. or whatever, that's what we have Sunday dinners at. That's what birthday parties and everything is. Other than that, y'all go to back to y'all little, you can be around the corner, whatever the fuck No, it no, is. I, I agree with that. I would buy like a little compound. Let's say like 300 acres worth of land. If I'm buying you a house, it's going to be over here. Because I want the family together. Call it a promised land or something. I don't know. Give it give it a Bradley Estates. Yeah. I, will, I will buy 300 acres worth of land. Y'all can move on the ranch. And like you say, everybody got a house with that much space. Ain't nobody got to see each other if you don't want to. And all if and we all y'all got a job to do too. <laughs> yeah, ain't shit for ain't nothing for free. Like I gotta yeah. if I gotta bankroll this whole thing, somebody doing something. Y'all niggas working for me. Yeah. And I'm like Elon Musk. I expect <laughs> you to do your motherfucking job if you want to stay on the payroll and stay on my good side. All right, seventy million though. So that's your choice. Seventy million. Seventy million. Man, would I take the seventy million? I take my soul. If you could guarantee me, like, ain't no guarantee. Thirty years of my soulmate, I take soulmate. Ten years of your soulmate or seventy million dollars. I'm gonna take the ten. I'm gonna take the ten years of my soulmate. Hands. I'm gonna take ten years of my soulmate. Let me see what happiness really feels like. Man, 
Time Machine, 70 million, soulmate. But, but you know, it would be a crazy thing. Like, what if you already married? And they were like, no, you're real soulmate. Like, not 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 this woman I'm married to? No, what if you already married, you pick soulmate, and you just continue your life as normal? <laughs> like, God damn it! <laughs> Who knew this was it? <laughs> like, damn. God damn it! <laughs> All right, bitch, I guess you was the best I could do. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> um, damn, you know what? Believe it or not. Damn. Seventy million, though. I might go soulmate, dog. I mean, when but I kind of figured, like, yeah, I would have to if I got seventy mil. Now I'm only gonna fuck with somebody I know. I don't really like strangers like that. But then it's, it's like, got to be somebody I can trust. Yeah. Which way? What if I? It's was, gonna be hard for me to trust anybody. What if it was seventy million? My soul might be like, oh, I fuck with him now. <laughs> I always love that nigga, but he had no money, so now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm a dog. I'm a dog walk you if but I what, find that shit out. But what if she got standards? And at this, y'all perfect match, but you don't meet our standards yet. Like don't she don't gotta lower her standards because you don't match. You know, I sent you a video about women and their standards. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I sent you a video about women Where'd and you they standards. On, on Instagram. Instagram. I won't play it. I, I think that was one of the thank you for mentioning. I that. sent a video about women and their standards and how uh yeah, irrational that, that shit is. Listen to this shit. So I'm gonna record this. It's called the female delusional calculator. Now watch this. This is what I'm gonna love. This is backed by the United States Census Bureau. It's factual data. Define a man of my dreams. So I'm gonna plug this in here, okay? I'm gonna go from the average age of 28 to 45. Any race, color, white, black, or Asian. The average height in the United States is five foot nine. I'm gonna exclude obese men, because I'm sure you don't want an obese guy. And let's just say they need to make at least 100K a year. Let's see what the probability of you finding that person in America that's non-married. You have a 5.6% chance of meeting a man that is unmarried of any race that's at least five nine, five foot nine or taller. He's not obese and he's making six figures a year. Right, so I'm gonna record. Whew. I mean, I saw one earlier. So that's exactly what Kevin Samuels should be saying. Exactly. Uh, I did see a video earlier about Kevin Samuels. He was a, a video from him, and he was saying that if you're a male who is unmarried and makes at least $75,000, you're a platinum. <laughs> you're a platinum card. And if you move it to $100,000, you're a diamond level or some shit. Don't let nobody take your worth or, or some shit like that. Uh, but this is interesting. What do you think... Now, I know the 40... I am not sparing feelings for this shit, but go ahead. I know some of the people listening to this pod won't agree with this, but I think men just be liking women for how they <laughs> for how they are and how they look, and all that other shit don't matter. Men look at women realistically. Women look at men opportunistically. 
How about men look at women like I would like to reproduce children with you because that's what we're really trying to do. Okay. And women, I think, have to look at men not for what they are, but what they possibly could be. Because if I was going to have children with you, you're going to have to take care of the kids. You're going to have to lead this and do all. And me to a certain extent also. Yeah. But I just, I ain't never, I don't know a bunch of men who have ever looked at a woman and was like, yo, you know, that wasn't on some nasty grooming shit. Like, yo, in in five to six years, she going to be the truth. She going to be the woman I need her to be. No, it's just like, I'm cool with you. Like, right now, you don't never got to be no better or worse. Like, I'm just... I'm Matter of fact, you. I probably don't want you to change from what you are today. She working, Unless you can look better. She working a drive through line at, at Taco Bell. And you like, yo, this bitch is beautiful. I want her. I want to marry this woman. Because, because men oftentimes will marry down. Men, because, men always marry down. Because... Like you say, it doesn't matter what all this. I got, I got these degrees. I can do this. I drive this. I live in Troy. I really don't care. But so, only reason I say men almost always marry down is because women marry up. So a, man, a woman can't marry up if the man not marrying down. Yeah, it, it don't. That's the balancing act. You know of what I'm it. saying? So I'm not saying that's like a every situation because when you bunch around a bunch of poor people, because you make seventy and he make fifty five, that's not up or down. Y'all in the same boat. Yeah, that's not. Because $15,000 isn't going to significantly change your life. Now, granted, I would like a $15,000 raise because that will significantly change my life. But it's not that different. No, I'm saying like. But, no, for real. I get, we, we on the same page. Yeah. But I, I will take a $15,000 raise. Yeah. Sure. I, she not going to be able to little nigga me for $15,000. Like. That's $700 after taxes a month. Like. I can make $700. That's go get you a Cherokee and chill out. <laughs> okay. Go get your Cherokee and chill the fuck out. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But what you think niggas ideal woman be? Cause I hear what they say and then I see what they with and it don't never be the same. I think it's less about a look and more about a feeling. Mm. Let's expand on that. Because oftentimes, or I've, I just speak for me. I've dealt with women before and stop dealing with them and move on to the next thing. And then I see who I used to deal with. She don't look as good as me. She ain't, well, it's not always a, like she cool though. Like you, I couldn't go to starters and have a drink and just have a good time with. Because everything for you got to be reservations. We got a five star and shit. Like you not cool. I can't take you. I can't take you to fucking Teresa's and man, we just have a good time. Man, we're so wild because I like it all. You know what I'm saying? We can do all that shit, but sometimes I do want to just chill out. Chill the fuck out. Like, I don't know if you're going to get in here with that bag tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you probably don't want to take that bag. And some people just don't have that in them to, they, they can't make that switch. And, you know, what looks, what looks good to you is probably you. But, you know, how she make me feel, how she act, what she does for me. Like, yo, while you may think that you attend, like, that put her shit at a 12 for me. You know what's so wild? Like, uh, a woman with, like, a personality. Or, like, who funny. Yeah. i tell you this. If like, it, funny for real. Not that you think you funny. Like, for real funny. one thing funny. I can say about one of my exes, like, my first one, this motherfucker was funny. Like, this bitch. She a crack on you, you know what I'm saying? Like when you when she be out, like she got jokes. But couples you know need that. 
Y'all yeah. need to be on your toes. Like I, I see her roast people and everything. I'm like, this motherfucker actually funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna, but like girls who be funny, it's a, it's something different. Cause like I don't know, cause cause you're pleasant to be around now, because you're not a stick up the ass. Like yeah. you know how to make light of a situation. Everything don't gotta work out perfectly for you to be cool. And you know what? That's a huge weight off of my shoulders for shit I don't have to think about because one thing I can't the girl that I mentioned that I went through her phone one thing I can say about her is that we had amazing times together yeah sometimes we would go out with a specific plan and nigga end up having a fucking adventure man and shit like that made shit cool I love me an adventure I love thinking I'm just going out to dinner and nigga, six hours later, I'm walking out of the after hours and we had a good ass time. Yeah. We ended up at the Pantheon, both getting dances and being half ass drunk. And we had a good evening. I ever look back and think like, who would have thought that all these years later, male and or female would still be friends? Yeah. Like, man, I didn't realize this was a forever friend. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit be wild. Look, my I you you done met him, one of my homeboys, my nigga B. Like my my dog B, like I met him very later on in my life. Like I was damn near shit. I was damn near 30 yeah. when we met and became friends. But like this nigga is probably one of my closest friends at this point in my life. Like we've been friends damn near 20 years now. And He's just as close to me as niggas I done been, I grew up with. Yeah. And like you said, you never know. Like when I met that nigga, I didn't think he was going to turn into that. Man, I got people I thought I will always be friends with that I don't speak to at all. Yeah. Not like beefed up, but like we just, I don't. Life goes in different circles. And other people be like, nah. Now I got people like, man, I really can't see my life without this person. Whether it's romantically, whether it's just friendship or whatever. Like, yo, this motherfucker going to be around. It's certain people, it's certain women in my life. That they always gonna be there. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what the situation is. They not, they not, they not going nowhere. They always gonna be friends of mine. I got friends like that too. You know, I said Hollins. As much as I joke about her and being from the east side, like she literally became like one of the closest people to me. Yeah. When I got out the hospital and I didn't want to leave the house, I was still like being real gun shy about shit. I was giving her all type of excuses. I remember she called me up one day. I'm coming to get you Friday at this time. I'm coming to you. You don't have to drive. I don't want to hear no excuses. Be ready to go at two o'clock. Man, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine and she, uh, a friend of hers lost a, lost a parent. She was asking like, you know, like, Try to go be there for them and, and they just like kind of like shutting me out. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know what it's like yeah. to lose a parent. And I know, uh, I have no idea. So as a, I think Monday, I'm sorry, or Tuesday is like the five year anniversary of my mom's, right? Wow. But it's crazy, ain't it? Yeah, man. Um, but like, like one of the homies and shit, like, if you ask somebody if you want to do something, the answer is always going to be no. Because I don't feel like it. Yeah. But some people are just going to pull up. Yo, what's up, man? I'm outside, man. Come on. I'm about to, let's go. Bring Get your coat. I'm outside, man. Come on. It's, do. Don't ask. 
Yeah. Just do. That that's how Holland was, and that's how my nigga B was. Like, nigga, I I never I like we had a joke about like, nigga, you the only friend that ain't never asked me for nothing. And cause I don't view our friendship that way. Yeah. But I remember like just talking to him just in a roundabout way about needing something. Not asking for money, just we just having a one-on-one conversation. And I just bring up, man, I need to take care of this shit, but I ain't going to have no real paper till next week. And I was like, but I'll figure it out or something. Like, you know, I'm just a day or two later go by and I just look up and it's a cash app from that nigga. He's like, dog, I don't need you to pay this back. If you can, cool. If you can't, I'm good with that, too. But like, you my boy, I know you need it. We never got to talk about it. But like, I got you. Yeah. And sometimes friends and people are just like that. Nigga, shout out to the homie Mike George. On my birthday, you know, I I put out the crazy list, my cash app, all that. I don't expect nothing from niggas because that's just what I do. Yeah. Christmas, my birthday, all that. I don't know Mike outside the show, how he been on here, our interactions with social media. Nigga damn sure sent me something for my birthday. Just like a real genuine nigga. Yeah. Don't don't owe me nothing. You know, our interactions ain't, you know, clearly ain't no beef, but they just be brief. They they be in passing, social media, like, but it's, you know, it's cool. Like we uh, we got a, a good rapport and shit. Same thing with Mark. But like, you know, nigga didn't have to do nothing. Right. But just out the kindness of his heart, like, he did it. Man, I don't know what it is about like um what do you think it is about birthdays that make people so emotional? Like the person who birthday it is, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I see a little happy birthday posts like all day on the internet. But when is your birthday and someone says happy birthday, why does that feel so personal? Because somebody took 30 seconds out of their day when they didn't have to say shit to me. And I know for me, birthdays. You know, I ain't really turn up a lot this year. I got a tattoo and, you know, had something to eat and just kind of celebrated a little bit more mundane than I normally do. But like, nigga, I came close to not never having another birthday. So for me, when my birthday come around, it's a celebration that I made it another year because life ain't promised. I know a lot of niggas that I thought, you know, would be here that good people, you know, what I'm saying this shit been decent people in their life. Nigga, I had a week, and I talked about it on the show, where I had like two classmates die within the same week. You know, these are people that I knew, that I still saw out and about around the city, would still speak to, and they gone. So I'm appreciative of the gift of life. Man, I don't know what it is. Any other day, um, I don't even want the attention. But like on certain days, like it just feel like, man, I, thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you, man. <laughs> like, it, it don't take nothing. And then like after that, every time I see a birthday post, I'll be like extra. Let me go ahead and send somebody happy. Because I know how I make people feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like. I, look, when, my, when, when I occasionally check in on Facebook and I see it's somebody's birthday, I just write on there. Even if it's somebody they ain't spoke to in years, yeah. somebody that didn't wish me happy birthday, I don't be like, up. Oh, that nigga ain't wish me happy birthday. Fuck his birthday. I'd be like, look, my happy birthday. Like, nigga, just, it's a small token of acknowledgement. Yeah, for sure. And it really make a difference in somebody else's shit. Now, I know 
we kind of, I don't know if we quote unquote talk shit about COVID, but like COVID was a real thing. I lost like real people. You know what I'm saying? I lost one of my closest homies to COVID. And like, um, like people not here no more. Like who didn't get shot, didn't get, wasn't in no, no wild shit. Like, like people like not here no more. And like one of my dogs, because when we was younger, we had lost two of the homies like back to back. And like every time we were running to each other, we said, like, I'm glad you're still on this earth. Like that was a thing. Even if we hadn't spoken in a while or we lost contact, I run, nigga, I'm glad to see I'm glad you're on this earth. And now like knowing that you're not on the earth no more. It's some real shit. It's crazy. It's some real shit. Nigga, I will never forget like my my homeboy Chuck wife called me. And it's not that me and Felicia don't have a rapport, but it's like, why is she calling me? Certain numbers cross my phone. I'm worried. Instead of my homeboy. And when I heard her voice, the first thing she said was, I need you to sit down right now. And my heart sank to my stomach. And she and she gave me the news. It wasn't even my homeboy wife. My homeboy wife that called me, it wasn't him that passed. It was a mutual friend of ours that passed. But, you know, my homeboy, Maine. Mm. And he was so distraught that he couldn't make the call, that she had to make the call. So initially, when I heard her voice, I'm thinking like, damn, my dog, go, my dog's still gone. It's just somebody else. Like, it yeah. took a whole curve to it. So that COVID shit was was real. But losing people is even realer. And this is somebody that's not that much older than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talking like maybe a four-year di- We was both in high school at the same time. Yeah, I'm talking about people younger than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yo, Curve sent in a voice note, dog. Let me play Curve note. It better be about homie court, because Curve, I'm ready to see you. I'm ready to see you. Yo, Shop Talk, um, voice memo, I was going to be really angry, because uh, I was upset this week. Uh, it was a conference. Uh, I'm tired of the hate or um, the lack of respect uh, for the game uh, for my homies, man. But I decided to approach this voice note with love. Um, When you talk about creating, right, it's taking something from nothing, um, creating opportunities for people. So when you think about 200-plus a podcast or amplifying 200 plus black voices to share their opinions with the world. Um, you can't dismiss Jay and Dame. Um, when you think of 343 weeks of consistency in a podcast space in a place, um, in Detroit. You can't mention, um, you cannot mention Jay and Dame, man. Um, kiss the throne, man. I don't, I don't like it still. You know what I'm saying? But again, I'm still approaching love. I want to shout out my guys. Um, keep creating, keep producing, keep elevating, um, keep inspiring, man. Again, 400 episodes is around the corner. 300 podcasts produced. Is around the corner. So, shout out to creators. Shout out to the homie Kurt. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. Man. Shout out to the homie Kurt, Gotti.
Man, Curry, Marcus. you're real, man. Yeah, man. Another person that I met later on in life that has become a friend. Uh, you know, there was a there was a uh, something that went on in the city earlier this week. Uh, we weren't invited. It's all good. But uh, yo, Curve was angry. You feel me? And he reached out and had a similar and like um, you know how I always feel. Had a similar vibe to something that we do. I I always feel it's all good. (laughs) But (laughs) what I did say is this: if niggas thought I was stingy with the with the with the the imaginary money I was gonna win from the lottery, oh, just wait. I'm gonna be very stingy. Okay, I'm gonna be very stingy, but I uh, mean, we all we do come up here and uh, we create, like literally, from my, from from my brain or dang brain, we sit here and come up with things to talk about to keep people entertained, engaged every single week for 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 six years, um, before that this was even a space. Uh, what's crazy is. So many of the people who was involved in that thing have been in here creating. Yeah. In here creating. It is what it is. But I'm not even I'm not even for I'm not even for that though. I don't want to talk. I don't want to get on stages and talk. We did that first too. <laughs> we did. Uh um, you know, it is what it is. You feel me? But you know, we be creating, and guess what? We creating some. We cooking up some shit right now. Sorry, Curve, that our our cook up. You and Cheyenne took a giant L. By the way, we know what we talk about, but you know, everybody else don't know. But we creating, and what was created was really fire. Yeah, it was really fire, and I mean, it's like, like we got like this. Powerful content coming, and it's like <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. You know, sometimes <laughs> don't 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 sass me for doing it, but don't see me. Don't be on my dick once it's done. <laughs> don't be on my dick once it's done. That's it. That's it. Yeah, because you could have built with us because we friendly. You know. Now I say this: I'm I'm not as diplomatic as my partner. You know, I don't have as much of forgiving spirit and like, oh, it's just business. Like some of you niggas, I want to nail to the cross. <laughs> some of you niggas, I want to press like a silk fucking shirt. And as soon as I get my opportunity, like I'm I'm not the type of person that forgives and forgets. I hold on to shit until I feel like we're even. And however long it takes for me to feel like we're even is how long it's going to take. But blood will be shed. Blood will be shed. Um, That's all I have. Y'all got a whose man's is this? Please share. Now, last week, we kind of touched on a Nas album, but it was the first day it dropped. Okay. And I'm already a Nas fan. Right. So, me saying that uh, y'all like the album, it's, I mean, you guys thought I was going to like the album, but I've been sitting with it for a week. It's a really good album. This is a really good album. It's a really good album. I'll tell you how good the album is for me currently. I never know where to start. Because at first, I liked the the ending of the album. I thought he started cooking at the end of the album. Mm-hmm. But then I started liking the beginning of the album. And I never know which song I want to 
I want to listen to. So I just put that shit on shuffle. Same as me. It's an album I can put on shuffle no matter where it lands. I can deal with it. No features. Really good album. He released four albums in two years. I can divide. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. Uh, shout out to Jay when he dropped the track, the track list and Jay posted a picture of him. Him with 13 Grammys. <laughs> and I like that Nas mentioned it slightly on Trevor Noah. Yeah, that shit is wild. Um, Stop doing that whole shit. But four albums in two years. And like each of those four projects have been critically acclaimed and highly spoken about. He won a Grammy. The, he won a Grammy in the last two years. Bungie, right? So on a very, on one of the stupidest platforms that there have possibly been in the last five to 10 years, who has, I've never seen any platform drop a ball like Clubhouse has dropped a ball. They fumbled the bag. How many people wanted to buy Clubhouse during the pandemic for billions of dollars? You fumbled the bag. No one cares anymore. There's two people on Clubhouse. WAC 100 and 21 Savage. That's it. Then there's only two people who own Clubhouse. And Dr. Umar pops in every once in a while. That's it. It's not even on my phone anymore. But you love Clubhouse when it first came out. And I told you it was a piece of shit. No, it wasn't a piece of shit. They fumbled it. They fucked it up. They didn't do it correctly. Okay. Um, piece of shit. But he on there and he say that Nas ain't really relevant. They was talking about 90s rappers and being relevant. He said he not really relevant. And he just got a loyal fan base. Now, I don't want to beat the young man up because he said he does make good music, the whole nine yards, and niggas be just talking. But because that came up, that was a topic of conversation. And I do want to say, whose man's is this? Because guess what, 21 Savage? You're 30 years old. Two things. You're 30 years old. You are about to age out of your market and your demographic. You've only been out since 2016. You might not make it to 10 years. And the person that you just said irrelevant, who just ran a, a, won, a, won a Grammy for an entire album the year after you won a Grammy for one song, by the way. So you won a Grammy, and then the next year, he won a Grammy for an album of the year. And that man's irrelevant. He won a Grammy the year after you won one for an entire album, not just one song that featured J. Cole. And that's the reason we paid attention to how quote unquote good the song was because J. Cole was on there rapping his ass off. By the way. Okay. You're 30 years old. He's going on his 30th year in the music industry. For as long as you've been alive, that man has been in a top five conversation or the top of the rap game, so to speak, for 30 fucking years. If you specifically ever want to have a career into the 10 year the 15 years it's only because of nas how about this there is not another rapper who has had a longer more consistent career than nas currently not even jay because no one has said the last four jay albums were spectacular that's not what's being said 
That doesn't mean that Jay is not spectacular. But his last four albums. Jay gave us the last album in 2017. He ain't dropped a project while now has been dropping these King's Disease. And all I'm going to say is that, you know, th- I think Jay is very opportunistic. Well, he's a he's a businessman. And he's very smart and strategic about when he drops. There have been two artists that's really been bubbling heavy in the last decade. Nas and also Kendrick. Jay-Z don't never drop around when Kendrick dropping. He avoid he avoid that smoke. Listen, man. The goats know who the other goats are. People would tell me that Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. There's an argument for it. And I've always thought it was Nas. But within the last two years, I think it's being proved that even at 52 years old, I'm still dropping music that people actually care about and listen to. It's so relevant that you're having a conversation about me. Do you know what relevance means? Because if I got a strong fan base 30 years later, like now I said on one of these albums, my nigga, from my first one, they called me the greatest. It didn't take a time. 21 people are just starting to say that you can quote unquote rap you also at 30 years old just dropped a double i mean you dropped a a combined joint album with a man who's 36 years old because y'all both on y'all fam do you think 30 20 23 years from now people gonna be nigga you rap the cat in the hat 21 7 the cat in the hat so the cat with the mat nigga what now, I, I I like 21. Don't get me wrong. Give me 21 and J. Cole together, and I'm intrigued enough to listen. My nigga, you just dropped a, a, a album with the, the, the biggest rapper of the last decade, and it's still kind of quiet for you. Oh, except the memes. Except 21, the, the, can you do something for me? They taking y'all to task on that one. Like, I thought this album was good. Now, no, maybe I'm not their demographic, but it kind of feel like it came and went. And it's only been two weeks. They got to do something. What's the? Maybe another visual. Do they go on tour? Would you go see Drake and 21 Savage? Would, no. Just them. I don't want to see Drake okay. perform live. All right. I mean, I just, I wonder how do you support this type of project? I don't know. I mean, I think Drake could go on tour, but I don't know if I'm going to see Drake and 21 Savage together. I don't dislike 21 Savage. No, not at all. I like I like 21. 21, 21. Yeah, I like, on all his projects, he got three to four songs that I fuck with, and I delete the rest of that shit off my album. I mean, off, the, off my phone. So I got a partner of mine that said something that made, like, made a huge, like, made my antennas go up. He was like, Nas created a whole nother lane of fans with I Can. He said, he's a teacher. He was like, nigga, for like the past 15 years, every elementary, middle school, graduation I've gone to, I them kids I can play I Can. Be what I want to be. It, it, they took over from um, I Believe I Can Find when R. Kelly went the route he went. <laughs> I believe the children are our future. I believe I can fly. That's what we saw when we was in the middle school. Them kids is, I know I can be what I want to be. 
And the kids love that shit. And there it's was created empires in Africa called Kush, Timbuktu, where every race came to good books. Learn from. And now it's created a whole nother generation of fans. And whole nother so, generation. What's so crazy? He was playing like an old interview on this album to say, when I'm 50, I'm going to have fans that's 16. I'm going to have fans that's 30. I'm gonna have, But that was from such a long time ago. He 52. Yeah, but it's true. The Pharaoh Nas. The, like who mans it is? If, it's certain people who you don't. How many rappers who've had a thirty year career who are who still produce music, good music over those times? I can arguably say it's only one or two. Yeah, but I I can this conversation with Twenty One Savage to how I started the podcast, having a conversation with my son, said you know, you know, you really think that you know. You really think that you know how this life thing is going to work and you think you know something at such a young age. But nigga, I forgot more than you ever learned. Like I've I've lived this life shit. I've done it in a way that you couldn't even imagine. J. Cole told you how this shit ended up on his uh on the, the KOD album. You gonna end up on Love and Hip Hop. Like Cause like my nigga, so what 21 don't possibly don't realize is at 30 years old, you about to age out of your market because the people who are grown with you at 30, fam, they got children now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I go on the job. I got a job. I got children. Like how long can I be this thug nigga? The reason that quote unquote Jeezy fell off is because your audience that you used to talk to that you connected, nigga, we 40. We not moving bowls. <laughs> like we not selling drugs. And I know how unrealistic it is at 40. And 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 people, that's what you known for. Like the kids, not you. You too old for the kids. And the old niggas, like nigga, you're not selling drugs no more. And give me your old shit. The content hasn't changed. The content didn't grow with the audience. Yeah. So, but Nas's content has grown with us. I've been a Nas fan since Illmatic. Thirty years, I've been listening to Nas. I was listening to Nas in a cassette tape riding the bus to school. Riding the bus to high school, I was listening to Illmatic. When it was written, dropped, I remember being in 10th grade, going to Chantonique's and buying the cassette. Like, nigga, I've, I've grown with Nas. Now, the only thing that, the only misstep, or the only thing that I, I think you, could, you might be able to say negatively, Nas did have a period where it looked like he was, he may not, he may not have been as strong as we thought he was. Me personally, I think it's one album that people didn't like. Nostradamus. Yeah. Nostradamus. He dropped two that same year though. Cause I am and Nostradamus came out the same year. Yep. And Nostradamus just wasn't good. I listened to it this week though. Uh it wasn't great. Shoot 'em up, just shoot 'em up. What? That's my shit. They put that Bill O'Reilly had those lyrics on Fox News on the part said, kill, 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 murder, murder, murder. Shoot 'em up, just shoot 'em up. What? I'm like, damn, why they do my man's like that? Because that look wild on screen. It does. <laughs> but when you take when you remove a lot of shit out of context, it seems wild. As fuck. Uh when you owe me for ice, that's you owe me? That shit on that's not on Nostradamus. Yeah. Uh, you a big girl now? That shit is on on Nostradamus. But we needed you owe me to appreciate King's disease. Yeah, but after after Nostradamus, what was the next project? Uh, was it Stillmatic? Then, so, li then life is good. So look, 
No, it was Godson after Stillmatic. Okay, you're right. So you went Illmatic. It was written. I am Nostradamus. People didn't like Stillmatic. Godson, six joints. Now after Godson, I think um, Streets Disciple slid in there. Yeah, Streets Disciple. It's a double just, album. It's it could have been of, condensed. What I, what I'm saying is, all right. Here's a better question. The Blueprint series. Oh, I already said King's Disease is or, better than the Blueprint series. Hands down. I already said King. I put that shit on Twitter. King's Disease is better than the Blueprint series. Hands down. Who is a rapper who has had a successful career for 30 years? Rapping. The only person that comes close to mind is Hove. That's the only other person that comes close to mind. The only you could other, say Snoop. But Snoop is not popular for music. No one listens to Snoop music. He's just like a, a cultural yeah. icon. He's popular. Yeah. That's why I put that for rapping. Because no one's listening to Snoop music. I I don't I can't even remember the last Snoop song. He just dropped a mixtape with DJ Drama. I still got it. That's the name of it. I still got it. I never heard it. <laughs> and he's about to drop another album with Dre called Missionary. I heard that. I would be interested to hear it. I would, but do I really want to hear a nigga who don't write his raps and a nigga who don't even produce all the same tracks put an album together? You don't think Snoop Dogg writes his raps? Hell no, he don't write his raps. This is not even a secret. A lot of people write for Snoop. Oh, not oh. just the not just the DRE and all other shit. It's not it's not even a secret. It I still him. believe that Snoop's pen is competent. Yeah, but we know his best album he didn't even write. I don't want to do this tonight, Jason. I, I don't even mean that to be I don't, negative. I don't, want, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want what to. I'm saying is, what is the clamoring to hear a project for two people who don't even do what they say they do? I just want to believe Doggy Style was written by Snoop and that it was produced now, by Dr. Dre. Let just me, let me live in the fairy tale. Let me clean tale. that up because it do sound way too disrespectful. It was people who helped on that joint. It was a team. Yeah. It was a team. And there's no shame in that. Like, you have people yeah. around... No. Don't act like that. You rap. You know it is a shame if somebody else wrote your raps. Don't act like it's not a shame. Now, in the business, y'all trying to make money, but don't act like on some rapping shit, it's a sh You know a nigga can't write your all raps right. for Alright. Because like, when, we, we, when, we, when we start talking about this shit, it's always that big asterisk because if you've been a poet or like, that's like Langston Hughes. Oh, I didn't write this shit. Well, what the fuck is we doing here? But I, I also look at it like if we all... I understand the stigma of ghostwriting, but I also understand like catching a vibe. Like we all in the studio together, smoking, drinking, having a good time. Creative juices start flowing. You capture lightning in a bottle. I get it. I'm not mad at that. But you can't be one of the greatest rappers of all time and you don't write your lyrics. It's just it's the first commandment. You just can't. But let's just say it's Jay, Snoop and Nas. Who else? 30 years? Rap only 50 years old. That's Next year, rap will be 50. That's it. We've never seen it before. What Nas is currently doing, we've never seen it before. And Nas is getting better. Four albums, two years, none of them weak. All of them critically acclaimed. And each one, they keep saying, oh, this one better than the last one. Nigga, one of my favorite Nas songs then came from these last four. I love Speechless. 
I love the beat. I love the lyrics. And that's a and that's a fifty year old Nas. My nigga, beef. He in his bag. Hood to hood. Like this whole project. And I don't need anybody on this shit with me to help it sell. It's me and Hit Boy in the studio doing what we want Snoop and Dre to do. One nigga producing, one nigga rapping, and we making magic. On my own album. My own album on my own label. That's relevancy. The fact that I just won a Grammy a year ago. Boy, these kids don't know shit. <laughs> these kids don't know. Youth is wasted on the, youth, on the young. These kids yeah. don't know shit. From a nigga who's 30, though. You're not young no more, my G. I think they were saying, like, Jalen, uh, who's the young boy that played for the Pistons? Jaden Ivey? No, no, it's, an, it's the other one. Duren. Okay, the big dude. Yeah, Duren. Duren just turned 19. Really? They said LeBron has been in the league longer than this young man has been alive. That's crazy. You don't know the greatness of certain shit if you weren't there to experience it. I understand how young niggas don't say that Jordan is the greatest of all time, but I watched it. I watched it. I watched most of MJ's career. I watched the 92, 93, 90, 92, really 91 through 99 I watched I can honestly say that I've seen things I've never seen before I've watched Kobe's entire career I've watched LeBron's entire career I've watched these niggas entire career I can understand how you can say like these young niggas is good but they need to be good for another 18 years so the the one thing I want to touch on before we move on is when you talk about relevancy you got to be very specific there. Maybe Nas isn't relevant to the people that you know or for an age group between 21 and 30 or whichever, which is still untrue. Um, but what the youth fails to realize is that you are being added into a market every year. There's a new batch of 18-year-olds that slide into a market every year or 15-year-olds, whatever. It don't mean the other people that were in the market have left. There are more people in the market space of rap music that are older than there are younger because you just didn't stop liking. You, you didn't dislike rap music. Nigga, when I went to the Wu-Tang concert, I saw a sea full of old rap niggas. So if you've been listening to Nas for 30 years, right? I've been listening to rap music for more than 30 years. And I was 10 when Nas dropped. Well, in 92, I'm 10 years old. Yeah. So you got to get, fam, we didn't leave the market. So when you say relevant, relevant to who? You are small, you are a relatively small section of the market. We didn't stop liking hip hop music. We just don't listen to your shit. Mm-hmm. How about you may be irrelevant to a larger group of people than you think you're relevant to? I always joke with my kids, like, y'all know. The is we there yet ice cube the ice cube i knew had a jerry curl you understand the ice cube with an afro was the soundtrack to my youth like it's like this every year there's a new batch of 18 year olds who can now vote i'm still voting my nigga your interests are not more important than my interests i got an extra i got another 45 years on this earth it's basically welcome to the party let me let me show you around 
Welcome to the party. So how about this? At 40 years old, at least I got 40. God willing, I got another 45 years. Hopefully 50 to 60. Right. But I'm not going to stop liking hip-hop music. I may not like the newer version of the newer kid who I don't think is as dope. I'm still in the market, though, my nigga. I honestly think one day I'm going to be 65, 70, and I'm still going to want to hear some of this shit. If you, could, if you can, and it's not even a young thing because it's some young niggas who can rap. I like Skiller Baby. I love, look, I like a lot of these young niggas. I like NBA Youngboy. I like Herbo. I like Sada. I like Skiller. I like a lot of these young niggas. I'm, I like that shit. Some of them can rap and some of them can't. Some of them are strictly street rappers who will rhyme from time to time. Like they, they rhyme on beat and some niggas who can actually rap. And I also happen to be a street nigga. Yeah. But like, just cause you, we 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 confuse young with better. better. That's not it. And old ain't better either. Cause I don't want to hear L Cool J rap. Big L A. I don't. But guess what I did hear? I heard Big Daddy Kane rapping on some shit that didn't sound bad. Kane still smooth. I, Big Daddy Kane. Still he, smooth. And he didn't. He didn't. He didn't rap like it was nineteen eighty eight either. Yeah. Does that mean I want to hear a whole album from Big Daddy Kane? No, it does not. But if he pop up every now and again and it's competent, huh? You know, I'm inclined to listen. Yeah. So 21. Whose man's is this, dog? Well, you do something for me. That's crazy. My music pick. Talking about old niggas rapping. <laughs> My music pick of the week is by Killer Mike. I wonder if he think Killer Mike relevant. He from Atlanta? Killer Mike can probably have a like a real heart to heart conversation with that nigga. Talking that shit. Killer Mike, my music pick of the week. Help me stay awake because evidently Killer Mike has gone to sleep. Niggas talk to me about that woke ass shit. Same niggas walking on some broke ass shit. You see your words ain't worth no money. I ain't spoke back, bitch. All of you niggas hang together on some broke back shit. Really, y'all niggas some hoes on some hoe ass shit. Look at me and take a picture on some Kodak shit. What you see is a cheat and you envy that shit. I can see it in your eyes like an envious bitch. I'm in rooms of politicians talking business and shit. Here you come with your opinion. They solicit that shit. Man, dog. I like when niggas get on that talk, man. <laughs> I like when niggas get on that talk, man. We need more music. Miss me with that woke ass shit. <laughs> Cause y'all niggas some hoes. Like I see y'all in the comments. Y'all, y'all talk like talk- some hoes on some hoe ass shit. And on some envious shit. You know, one th- killer Mike do got this one thing he be saying. He like, I, unlike my detractors, have married a black woman. <laughs> <laughs> he say that shit all the time. Like, uh, I don't agree with Killer Mike on everything. I agree with him on enough, but not on everything. But guess what? Just because you don't agree, he changed his mind on one thing and niggas turned on him. Remember when Killer Mike had that show on Vice? Yeah. Shit was really good. I just bought a hoodie from it. Which, what did you buy? Uh, the, the, the book of such and such. Shit okay. Was $9, my nigga. That's a deal. Yeah. Still. <laughs> Especially for a nigga that wear hoodies almost every day. That's a fact. I went to buy um I was on the Cripacola website for some reason. I definitely shit. have tried Cripacola. And um somehow I got to the merch site and it was like it was on sale. I'm like, nine dollars for this fucking hoodie? 
Shit was dope as fuck. I support the movement. Hell yeah. They probably need just trying to get rid of this shit, you know what I'm saying? But sure. Support a black owned business. Nigga, that hoodie that's a good hoodie. Like it's good quality. Good quality, good design. Like that shit fire. Now a nine dollar hoodie, I can't I can't walk away shit from that like, deal. But it's like you say fifty dollars, that bitch was slashed. It was like nine. I'm like, yes. I'll take two. <laughs> um yeah, I fuck with that shit though. Uh, it's time for the Benny. Uh, yeah, time for the. Uh, I guess I should go to the music portion. That's fine. It's always food for the soul here in the Benediction Music. Uh, it is your man Dame three underscores three one three on Twitter because it's not dying. Instagram and TikTok uh, at me talk to me because I do talk back uh, ladies I will still continue to put this PSA out there do not call me handsome in my DM say it with your titties put it on the timeline let everybody see what you think uh, when you see the blue and the black you know where the fuck you at it's shop talk podcast bitch book some time uh, shout out to you guys 343 weeks in a row Yo, shout out to Comedian Macho Homecoming next week in Saginaw. We'll be there. live show. Um, go to Comedian Macho on, um, matter of fact, his website, ComedianMacho.com. Uh, pull up, man. We're going to be out there. Hey, yo, and also time. shout out to the homie Curve. He got an event coming up, too. Man. Paint with paint, a kick. Paint with a kick. Uh, we in there for sure. Uh, Got some fun. we got some things coming. Yeah. So we in there joint for show. I think it's like December third. Um so we're gonna be talking about it up until Peyton with a kick. We gotta get Marcus in here. Let it yeah. let him talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we bring Triangle offense. For sure, for sure. Um yo, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at, creators. Uh <laughs> when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Book some time. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jane Dang. Hell yeah. Peace.